Loved it. Went there all the time. You are so insane. It is right. You should see like Trav is buzzing with energy right now. Just buzzing. Well, here's the, like your energy about this ice cream is through the roof. I, I can picture myself there. I can literally almost taste the gelato. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 317. In 2014, the last time we visited Florence, 34% of Italians had never ever used the internet. No wonder their Wi-Fi is so crappy. But on the other hand, I want to applaud those 34% of people. Bravo for surviving without the internet. You guys are going to think I'm crazy, okay? Crazier than you already think I am. But one of the things that I love doing when I'm at home is when I pull out my backpack, I love looking at that backpack and realizing that it has been around the world with me and that it has so many stories to tell. And just realizing that that piece of fabric, that cloth has been around the world, has been my constant travel companion on so many adventures. And when Heather and I sat down, we realized we hadn't been to Italy for the last three and a half years. We were shocked. And what that means is that my new Tortuga backpacks, the Tortuga Outbreaker backpack and the Tortuga Setout backpack that I have now, have never, ever been to Italy. These poor backpacks have never been to one of the greatest countries in the world. So that's something we're going to have to rectify very soon by taking our Tortugas to Italy. So if you guys are looking for a travel backpack, one that's going to go around the world with you, one that's going to be with you for a large chunk of your travel life and share these adventures and memories with you and be that constant travel companion, highly recommend checking out tortugabackpacks.com. Use that promo code EPOP, that's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that'll get you 10% off anything you order over there at Tortuga Backpacks. And just a public service announcement. Be nice to your backpack. Take it on a fun trip. Travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone whose favorite food on the Whole30 diet is Nutella, my <laughs> wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Very funny. Yes, Trav is doing Whole30, and he's much stricter about it than I am, being that I'm not strict at all. But being that I came home and there was something on your chin. I'm like, do you have blood on your chin? You're like, she just gave me a spot. She goes, maybe that's a drip of Nutella. <laughs> well, that's embarrassing. Well, I, it's no big deal because we're actually going to bring up Nutella in today's show because we've got an awesome episode for you today. Our destination diary of Florence, Italy. And one of the best things about Florence is the fact that it has absolutely amazing gelato the best gelato town i've ever been to in my life and one of the gelatos that you always love getting and me too it's not my favorite flavor is nutella so you were just trying to segue into that you wanted to give us a yes. reason to record this podcast sure yes that's why i ate nutella yesterday because i had florence on the mind mm -hmm. right yep that's why 
There you go. There you go. And it is hard for me to believe. I actually, I couldn't believe that we had never done a Destination Diary episode on Florence, seeing as it's both in out of the top five cities in the world for us. It's probably on both of our lists. Oh, it's probably my favorite city. Okay. Well, there you go. It has the best sandwich and the second best <sighs> thing I've ever eaten. Mm-hmm. It also has... If not the best gelato, at least tied for the best gelato or second best gelato in the world. The and most it, beautiful cathedral I've ever seen in the world. Yeah. So how we have never done a Destination Diary on Florence, I will never know. But thankfully, we're doing it now. Mm-hmm. We actually went back. Look, someone asked us about advice on Florence. I'm like, oh, go listen to our Destination Diary podcast on that. And I realized we had never done one. So surprisingly and shockingly... We went to Florence twice, February 2014 and October 2014. Yeah. And now we're recording this. (laughs) Four years later. Four years later. Which is wild because as Trav mentioned in a previous podcast, I thought it was not that long ago, which makes me feel really old. I can't believe it's been four years since we have been in Florence and I'm dying to go back. Me too. And doing this list and making up the notes for this podcast had us literally salivating. We were looking through pictures thinking, why are we not there right now? But I think that speaks to how amazing Florence is that four years after we were first there, some of those memories are so fresh in my mind. Like there are a few things I had to look up. Oh, what was the name of this? What was the name of that? But for the most part, we were able to pull off this destination diary and these notes from memory. Yes. And we're talking four years ago mm-hmm. and a lot of travel ago. That's how much it stays with you. Yeah, that's how much <laughs> it stays with you. So we're going to hop in this Florence Destination Diary episode. If you are unfamiliar with our Destination Diary episodes, we have 20 some now. And they are our on-the-ground report of the best things to eat, drink, places to stay, activities from from us going to those places, including sometimes things that we would tell you to stay away from. And I actually have a lot of gelato recommendations because there's so many gelaterias there that I have some that you have oh, to go to. There are hundreds probably. Right. And I have a pro tip, a gelato pro tip. And I also have some that everyone else says are really good that I didn't think lived up to the hype. So we also tell you if you only got a little bit of time, hey, here's what you should really do. Here's what you should skip. So this is our like no holds barred account of a city or a region or a state, depending on how we're doing it. And we've got about 20, 25 of them. You guys are loving those Destination Diary episodes. So you can check them all out. They're on iTunes and however you listen to this podcast, you can find all them. But we're talking Florence, Italy today. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Heth, well, we're still basically in the top of the show. We went twice, February 2014, and then we went back October 2014. You swore it was October 2015. I, I didn't know it was the same year. We went twice in one year. We loved it that much. And then I had to bring it up on I Instagram. Wonder, and- I wonder why we went. I mean, because we were there for my birthday the second time. And I did I choose it? Were you like, yeah, where why, do you want to go? Yes. And I was like, yeah, let's go to to Florence. That's, I guess that's, that's how what it, happened. That is exactly how it happened. That's why we were there. So twice in 2014 and haven't been back since. And that is an absolute tragedy that we will correct yes. very, very soon. Mm-hmm. We're booking a flight. When we get to this podcast, I, I think we just have to book a flight I think so. I think we absolutely I have to. What time of year? I don't no, even care. No, we're going next month. We're going to Florence. <laughs> uh, when we do our Destination Diary episodes, we usually start with getting there and getting around. Both times that we went, we flew into Milan. Milan is usually very cheap it's to get plane tickets. It's usually cheaper than Venice yep. and Rome. And I mean, I guess there's probably a small airport by yeah, Florence you can fly as into well. Florence internationally, but it's going to be more expensive. Yeah. And the drive from Venice to Florence was about four well, hours. We drove, we, the first time we went, we trained from Venice. We flew into Milan, trained Milan to Venice. Yes. And then trained Venice to uh, Florence. Very easy. Mm-hmm. Second time we flew into Milan and we drove from Milan. Straight to Florence. Straight to Florence, except... 
funny story with that. We rented a car. A, always remember to get an international driver's permit. Yeah. If, if, even though you don't need them for most car rentals, that one car rental we rented from, we needed it and I didn't have it. And so we had to cha- like cancel that booking and then book all the other companies you don't need one for, but the cheapest one you needed, you needed it for. It. Yeah. So that was a debacle. We actually have a podcast. I think it's called Within 10 Hours of Landing in Italy. So yes. that's a funny, there was like three big yeah. things that happened to us. That's a funny episode. But the biggest was that we had taken a red eye from New York into Milan. And then we thought we were going to drive straight down to Florence uh, to the countryside because the second time we stayed outside of Florence. And we could not do that because we were so tired that I was falling asleep driving. Yes. So we pulled over to a rest area and slept for like three hours in our rental car. So just be careful. It, it was about a four five hour drive from Milan down to Florence. And so, you know, getting there and getting around pretty easy. Yes. But if you are just going to stay in Florence, you don't need a car. We Not at all. We rented one because we actually stayed in Tuscany for two and a half weeks. Yeah. So I guess there's two ways to kind of do it. The, the first way we did it was we went to Florence and we did three days in Florence. In, in and downtown. Just in Florence. Mm-hmm. So you can do that. You could, we, I mean, I would gladly do more than three days there, but you could stay in downtown, no car needed. Or you could stay out in the Tuscan countryside, and we stayed about 45 minutes to an hour outside of Florence in a tiny little town called Vinci, or I guess the town was called, um, what was that town actually called? Ca- Castra. I don't Castra. know. Castra. Dude, it's hillside. It's not Yeah, really so we, you can take the train into the Tuscan countryside, but where our Airbnb was, was a little bit up in the mountains and on a dirt road. So there's no way to get there other than by car. So if you stayed near a train station in Tuscany, you could not have a car. But I mean, the whole point of being in Tuscany is to kind of drive around and see it. And I would recommend just renting a car. It's pretty easy to drive. So if if you went and you had, if they went and they had about a week, week and a half, would you say, hey, stay downtown Florence for maybe three, four days, then get out in the Tuscan countryside, stay there for equal amounts of time, three, four days. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or longer. But or longer. Yes, but but yeah. you would split it up. If you're going to spend your time around Florence, you might want to split it up in the countryside and um, some downtown Florence, just because you're going to get different feels. You're not going to go wrong with it either. No. One. The first time we went to Italy, we did, you know, we did two different types of trips. The very first time we did three, three, three. We did three nights in Venice, three nights in Florence, three nights in Rome. And, and one then in Milan, one in Milan because we were flying in and yeah, out of there. Milan. And we, we took the train everywhere. And the trains in Italy are beautiful and very easy to use and relaxing. And cheap if you book ahead Pretty of time, cheap. which we didn't do. But yeah. if you book ahead of time, you can Much get really cheaper. good fares. And then the second time, we only went to Florence and we st- stayed in Tuscany. And we were there for almost two and a half weeks. And in fact, we extended a little bit longer because we were only going to be there for two weeks. And then I was like, no, I really want to be here for my actual birthday. So we stayed um, a few nights longer. And we just spent the whole time... In Tuscany, we would go At into Florence. Yeah, we would go into Florence whenever we wanted to. We would drive to other little cities around Tuscany. And that is a totally different type of trip, but just very relaxing and wonderful. Yeah, so you just pick what you want to do when, when it comes to Italy. One recommendation we would give you is to definitely not drive into Florence, even if you have a car. When we were staying in the countryside, we drove to this supermarket that was right next to a train station, parked in the supermarket, got on the train, went in for a day. Or you could go in for a, a day and a night, I guess. 
or something like that, but not driving in. They actually don't allow you, I think, if you don't have the right permits to drive into the middle of Florence, you're going to have to park and take like a bus or train in anyway. So just if you're going into Florence from out of it, just find a train station to go to and get in. That's going to be your easiest thing. If you are staying in Florence, just stay downtown. And when we say downtown, we stayed at a place called the Piazza de, de la Della. De de Signoria, mm-hmm. basically Signoria Plaza. Santa Croce is a main plaza there. Anything near the Uffizi, Uffizi or even up near the train station, that's like maybe 10 minute walk from the thing. I would try to get as close to the river or the Uffizi as yes. possible. The train station isn't as nice. No, that's that true. Whole so area. don't stay up by the no, train station. No, I wouldn't. But come come yeah, south a little bit. Come south a little bit, a little bit south of the, of the Dumo. And there's just lots of really cute places. And I mean, some of like the place we stayed at was pretty small. It was good enough for one couple, but it was very cute. And you could just walk everywhere. Just walk out the door and there's like great restaurants. And yeah, and we booked that through a booking service called Go With O, which is essentially a European Airbnb type. Um, we liked Go With O a lot. I would recommend it. We will link up in the show notes. We stayed at a place uh, with a lady named Carlota, or run by a lady named Carlota. It was, I mean, I would try to book that again. Like if yeah, I was going to it Florence, was so cute. It was so cute. One bedroom, one bathroom. But you walked out the door, and you were right there at Signoria Piazza. In the middle of everything. So definitely stay right in the heart of it. Um, anything near the Afuzi or within walking distance or the river, you know, that's fine. We stayed on the north side of the river most of the time. There is a lot of stuff going on the south side, maybe not as much historical stuff like the gardens are over there and things like that. I think that a lot of the tourist spots are obviously near the museums and near the, the Dumo. But there's definitely a lot to see on the, on the south side. I think too. it's a little, yeah, a little more. It's more neighborhood, yeah, a little more neighborhood like residential. Back. So you could do that as well. Just depends what you want. If you're only going for a couple of days, stay in the middle of Florence and then just walk everywhere because there's so, so, so much to do, especially when it comes to our favorite subject: eating, eating, mm-hmm. and. We're going to hit eating first, and then we're going to get into a separate section of just gelato. Of course. course. But when it comes to eating, we could give you one place and tell you to eat there every meal, and you probably would not get sick of it because we ate there at least... Oh Once my gosh, we eat there all the time. In fact, when we were staying out in the countryside, when we would ever we would come into Florence, we would eat there, and then we would get a second sandwich to take back with us. And so that is the place, the sandwich shop. It's called Al Antico di Vinau, And it's also number one on TripAdvisor. So yeah, it's, not a, it's, not it's, it's not very hidden. It's not very hidden. But... There's two spots. There's one. They're across the street from each other, or at least they used to be. I'm assuming it's the same since we haven't been there in four yeah. years. But that's one thing about European tourism. Yeah. Like stuff doesn't change that not, much not too usually. Often. So the one is just a sandwich shop, and you, you know, they have all the meat that you can think of sliced fresh when you order your sandwich. They have different spreads, fresh vegetables, the most amazing focaccia bread. And if you think like, oh, that just sounds like a deli. No, I mean it's like the world's. Best deli. deli times 10. And then across the street, you can also get sandwiches there, but it's also a sit-down restaurant. So you can yeah, get like kind of charcuterie. But I mean, you're in Italy. And so the charcuterie is not American. It's 
it's, Ita- it's authentic Italian. It is fantastic, and they have wine. I mean, just, it is the second best thing I've ever eaten in my life. It's the first best. Thing okay, because so I know that so you're for first an average thing of one point five. Yeah, and cow soy in Thailand, yeah, which is completely different food genre. Hard, hard to rate, but I'm hard to yeah, rate. But yeah, do it. This is the, the best food I've ever eaten. Al Antico Vinal huge sandwich shop it is right on uh via de neri which is like right near the afuzi so the the street is neri i guess via is like kind of avenue all types of meats as heather mentioned five euros for a sandwich they're massive like if you're really hungry you could put one away yourself it'll bust your gut (laughs) it's a lot we sometimes would share one and then go back and get another or we'd get two because the line can be long. It can be Because it's super popular. But, but you can drink while you're waiting in line. There's a self-serve yeah, wine self-serve bar wine outside. Bar. Mm-hmm. So two euros I mean, and you just... I, obviously, I, that's I, why I, it's my favorite. I never found out if it was like two euros per glass that I you poured or you just paid two euros and drank as much as I you wanted. I don't know. They're not too strict about nah, it. They're just like, yeah. dude, have this wine, drink yeah. it. I'm just going to read you because I have in my notes from the very first time we went and it's stained because of like probably oil from the sandwich my first sandwich ever at alantico vinal was fennel salami pecorino romano cheese spread eggplant and shaved zucchini it's the best sandwich they incredible. have there they have so they have a, a truffle spread that if you love i didn't i don't love mushrooms but the truffles the black truffle spread everyone dies for like you have to get this i tried it once I, it's good it's good i didn't like the pecorino cheese spread was fantastic so and you can even just ask them to like surprise you that's oh, how yeah. trav got the fennel salami one because i would have never chose that on my own i just I told never the guy we that. were there kind and, of on an off time yeah and i was like Dude, well, what's your we favorite? were there in January. Yeah. So. I was like, we, and we went in quite a bit. So like yeah. this first time I went in, I just said like, what's your favorite sandwich? He's like, all right, I'll make you this. And he made me that. And if you go, like we did that a lot with the people working there and they would, you know, different people and they'd always make you different ones. Oh man. Al Antico, Vinal. We got it recommended to us by a friend. Then we saw on TripAdvisor, it was like up for number one in the world. It is worth the hype times 10 it's the best mm-hmm. it is absolutely the best. i can't wait to eat it next month all right uh, another really cool place i went to um this was from a reader as well i think this got pretty popular because it, it must be written up in a guidebook because then i saw a lot of tourists in there especially mm-hmm. a lot of asian tourists everyone follows guidebooks but after living in japan we realized like yeah, they love to follow exactly what a guidebook tells them, which is fine. But this place is called Trattoria Mario, and it's just an old school Trattoria right by the Central Market. Good. Yeah, which the Central Market is a destination on its own, yep. and you can eat in there as well. But the vibe in Trattoria Mario is it's fun. It's just you feel like you're in a very local. I mean, despite the tourists, the tourists it's like half local, half tourist. Oh, I filmed a video on there, so I'm yeah, touristy as to well. To be fair, we did film a video in there, but the food is authentic. You know, it's not. It's when Americans think of Italian food, they think of you know pasta and pizza, and they do have. They don't have pizza here, but they do have different pastas, but. They don't really have pasta with their meal. It's kind of like an appetizer or something. So it is a little bit different. But at this spot, we had ribolita, which is a Tuscan style, like farm farmer's meal. Would you call it like the meal of Tuscan? Like the most one of the most popular things you can eat in it's Tuscany. Pretty popular. We had as no idea. Yeah, local we dish. didn't really know about it except when we were staying at the farmhouse out in in um, Castra that. 
the people who owned it made it for us and it was so good. It's basically just like vegetables and beans and bread made into a, a, stew, a stew makes it sound bad. No. It's like they cook it and then they, they cook the vegetables and all that and like the beans. Slow cook it. And then they put just, bread on top of it and it kind of like makes it moist and then you eat it. It's yeah. incredible. It's I, delicious. How someone can make beans, vegetables and bread taste that good is unbelievable. But grab the Ribolita at Trattoria Mario. I, you can get all over Tuscany. But it's it's like a very common dish. Yes. Um, but it was very, very good at Trattoria Mara. Before we get into the f- eating, I did I, I want to backtrack really quickly. We told oh. you we'd link up Carlotta's apartment oh. in Florence, but probably the two best two of the best places we've ever stayed were on our trips to Italy. One was Carlotta's apartment in Florence, one was the farmhouse we stayed outside of in Castra with um David and Francesca. David and Francesca. We stayed there for two and a half weeks. Heather and Francesca have the same birthday, Mm -hmm. which is why we stayed and had this crazy like 15 course meal that David cooked. It might be the best experience we've ever had traveling at David and Francesca's. I mean, they lived in the house next to it. So we stayed in the old farmhouse. It was incredible. They taught us to make pizza in their brick oven. It was a whole day of us making pizza. We have so many good experiences there. We'll link that up as well. They're on Airbnb. They we are, also wrote posts about them on the blog. Right. So we'll link that up. And they are some of the most fantastic people ever. And we got to go back and see them. They're just super nice. So if you're looking for places to stay, we've got a place downtown in Florence and we got a place outside as well. Um, again, two of the most the best experiences we've ever had. Just want to throw that in there because I, f- I kind of forgot mm-hmm. about those guys for yeah. a second. I, I didn't want to go too far. Another place to eat in Florence. And this was a Heather favorite. And it I, is, I, I, it I loved is a it favorite too. It of mine. Great. And I mean, it's pizza. So obviously, of one of my favorite things to eat is With pizza. Nutella. No, just kidding. Well, they probably do have that as a dessert pizza. But Finisterre is right on Santa Croce yeah. Plaza. And the pizza, it's, I don't know if it's the best pizza in Florence. It probably isn't, but it's really good pizza. And we've eaten there three yeah. or four different times. Yeah. And it's always been good. Yes. And I just, it's awesome pizza. They also have like a little bakery in the front of it. So they you have can gelato, get dessert. I think. Yeah, but, but I mean. I, didn't, I actually didn't love the gelato. There's so many other gelato yeah. places. But they have really nice dessert pastries and stuff like that. But the pizza's delicious. Six I love it. Six to ten euros. It's open late. That's how we found it the yes. first time. We were looking for somewhere to eat and it was like 10 or 10 mm-hmm. 30 and this place was open and we just wandered in and we thought hey this looks pretty cool and then we had the pizza we're like whoa sometimes it's nice I and mean, we like recommendations but this one we found yeah, on this our is own. not on any guidebook that i know of yeah. it just is oh we wandered into it off and the it's plaza right and if you if you sit outside you can sit and look at the plaza and mm-hmm. santa croce is probably my favorite plaza other than where the domo is in florence so that was really cool uh, the second time we, when we came in by train, when we're staying out in the Tuscan countryside, we actually brought pizzas back with yeah. us. We brought that and Ali Antico sandwiches for dinner because it was so good. So, um, and I did have in my notes, and I remember this now that I read my notes, the Calabra. This was a white pizza with peppers and sausage, and it was fantastic. So if you go to Finisterre, grab the Calabra. Um, another place that we stumbled in on right in Piazza, in the Santa Croce Piazza, because we kind of use that as our base, I mean, we were just always right around there, was a place called La Marema. And a tribe didn't eat there, I don't no, think. No, I, I think I had eaten yeah, too much gelato. You might have also tried the other delicacy of Florence, which is the tripe. tripe. Ooh, yeah, which is so the gross. intestine sandwich. Yeah. 
Anyway, it's I not chose bad. not to eat that and instead went to La Marema and I had pasta and eggplant parm, which does not come together. You, This is how I knew that in Italy they don't eat like we eat in the U.S. because the eggplant parm did not come with, with pasta. pasta. Right? It was a side of pasta. It was like a side like more like an appetizer. And then, you know, it was pretty cheap. It was inexpensive about at the time, eight euros and then three euros for a glass of wine. Just being in Italy with the cheap wine, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. And again, a late night place that we stumbled in and it's it's right next to, it might be like four or five doors down from Finisterre. So just another good little late night place that you're probably not going to be in your guidebooks, but, you know, worth checking out. Um, One place that was like, recommended to us by our host and it was really hard to get a reservation and probably is in all the guidebooks is called Vinny Ivecci Sapori and we'll link everything up in the show notes but um Madonna ate there became like really really popular I actually thought that this was this did not reach the hype that was around it because the the lady recommended was like oh this is the best restaurant yeah. in Florida well also the menu I don't think was in English I think it was in Italian and you know, sometimes you go to a restaurant and you only get one meal. I mean, we did get, and I had in my notes here, so I remember a pasta with zucchini flour and saffron. That was very good. I think that was your order. Sounds yeah. like your order. I don't know what I got, but I remember being like, oh, this is a little overpriced, but cool ambiance. Mm-hmm. It was very hard to get a res- not hard to get a reservation. Like we had to go in, ask them, and then we had to go back two days later. Yeah. And they squeezed us in or something like that. Mm-hmm. They were super nice. Yeah. So you're right. It could have been just an off thing for my meal. Yes. Either being yeah, something Because the like ambiance is great. The food that I had was pretty good. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a great If you're looking spot. for a nice meal that's authentic, but not trattoria, not like, uh, you know, kind of a like lunch everyday spot, lunch but more spot. of a nicer dinner mm-hmm. spot then this would be it. And it was right outside of the door of Carlota's apartment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we walked like, out and it was... Maybe f- 10 feet away. Yeah, the first <laughs> place we saw. Two two places, that, or a few places I want to give you guys outside of Florence, because if you're going, and we might as well do it while we're here on the food, if you're going to Florence, you might want to visit some other places, because this is not a Tuscany destination diary. But in Florence, you're about an hour and a half away from Siena. You're also about an hour and a half away from Lucca. Two really cool cities. Very cool cities. We have actually never been to Siena but Trav's parents went to Italy, I think, two years ago. Or was it just last year? I can't I remember. Know. But they went to Siena and absolutely loved it. Said that it was one of their favorite places. And they ate at a place called the Tower Restaurant, Trattoria La Torre. La Torre, maybe? yeah. La Torre? Some, yeah, something like that. And they said that was very, very good. Right. My mom loved the town of Siena. We told them to go to Luca, which they did. They went to Luca for a day. They went to Siena for a day and a half. They said they preferred Siena over Luca. So, hey, I don't know. Take their word for it. Um, Luca, I think, is a little bigger. And also, Siena was having the horse races that they're famous for. So, I just think they went at a good time, but I would love to get to Siena. But we did go to Luca and would highly recommend hitting up Luca if you have time as well. A few places that we ate there, just to throw these out there, we did a day trip to Luca. So, this was a day. Yes. Um, Il Marindero. Uh, we were told by a friend of ours, Elise, to go there. They had awesome sandwiches, which they did. I mean, we were coming Not from Al Antico. as good as Al Antico, no. but still good. Still, still very good. good. Really nice owners. Great to grab a sandwich. It was big. We split one, and we were good to go. We also went to this craft beer shop. This is right when we were kind of getting into craft beer a little bit. I'm sure there's more now there in the last three and a half years, but De Cervecia. I was this craft beer shop and tasting room, which was really fun. And then... 
a gelato place as we transition into the gelato portion mm-hmm. of the podcast. We went to a place called Le Bonta, and it was just, this was right near the main area of, in Luca, the, the downtown area. And it was just this cute gelato place. I remember it being super rich and creamy, like creamier than any other gelato yeah, we had had. It was very good. Yeah. So Le Bonta, uh, two euros for a small, you know, I wrote, of course, in my notes, I have like the prices for everything. <laughs> so two euros for a small, not a bad price. So Le Bonta, um, so those are some places to check out in Luca. But like now we're getting to this. Uh, I don't know if the star of the show. Eating well, is- Trav's favorite part, ice cream. I mean, you know how much Trav loves ice cream. And would you say you like gelato even more than ice cream? It's, or is it a It's toss so up? hard. I know people think they're similar and they, they are. But eh. I can't, I cannot de- decide whether I like gelato or ice cream. When I'm eating one of them, I think it's better. Like if I have really good ice cream, I'm like, oh, this is great. They have really good gelato. I'm like, this is better. So... Speaking of some of the best gelato, I went, well, the first time when I ate a lot of gelato in Florence, but then when we came back the second time, I thought, I am going to do an actual walking tour, a gelato walking tour, a, a self, self-made, self-guided, self-made. self-guided walking I looked tour up all gelato. the recommendations, every, like scoured the internet. What are the best gelato mm-hmm. places in he Florence? He definitely did do that. Wrote so them all the research down. was put into this project. The research was put in and I am going to start... Why don't I start work my way up to the best Sure, ones? absolutely. That's more fun. Yeah. So here are ones that I would tell you not to bother with if, if you are in limited time in Florence and a limited gelato eating amount for some, which I you mean, shouldn't I mean, Trav be. ate six in one day, so... But here are the ones that I would not recommend unless you just really want to do a gelato walking tour, then throw them on here. They're highly rated, but we're not my favorite. Gelateria Carabe, which is near the uh, Academia, which is where the Statue of David is. It's a museum. Yeah. Not friendly people. $2 to 250 euro for the smallest, which is expensive. And it just wasn't that good. Yeah, so, they weren't that friendly in there. No. I remember that. It's supposed to be Sicilian style gelato. I, I don't know the difference, yeah, but just, uh... no. We also went to Perche No, which is has, a I think, a few outlets now. I think their original one is in Florence. Perche No gets a lot of love. Eh. I don't remember that one. Eh. So it was just okay. Yeah, I think you actually sat that one out. You did sit a few out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, but Perche no, eh, not the best. Vivoli is an old school one that we went to that I had high hopes for. Um, very hard to find. Has a little neon sign outside. Again, eh. Like it's I mean, not- all of these places would be good gelato. But when you're rating it to some of the best gelato right. you've ever I mean, had. Exactly. So I would, if you're on a budget, not a budget, a stomach budget, <laughs> if you're on a stomach budget or limited time, you could skip those. Now we're getting into the ones that you should give a shot to. Il Procopio won't be on any of the lists, but we were taken here. It's kind of like an, a little bit more off the beaten path one. Uh, we were taken here on a food, walking food tour and it was incredible. Plus, we got to meet the old man who ran it. We got to go back, watch him make gelato. So that helps. And they had fantastic, fantastic pistachio gelato. And that's what they're known for. So Il Procopio, um, when I say off the beaten path, it's not hard to find. It's no, just, it's just... It's, it won't come up on everyone's list. Definitely worth it. Across the river on the south side, because we were staying on the north side, is a place called Gelateria Santa Trinita. And that's the other side of the bridge. And this was the beginning of our gelato walking tour. And this was a fantastic place. I remember having this and thinking, okay, if this is how we're starting off, like things right are going to be great. it's right next to the river, right? It's like right on the corner. It's on the corner. Yep. Like right on the corner. Not over the Ponte Vecchio Bridge, but over one 
quote unquote up kind of further. I don't want to say north, but like up the river um, with Ponte Vecchio to your back. So Gelateria San- Santa Trinita. Then we went after that one to what is now tied for my favorite gelato in yeah, Florence. And these are really good. So the first time we went, I'm going to work backwards. The first time we went, we went to a place called Gelateria de Neri. And I said, this is the best gelato in the world. And it was at that point and probably still is. Loved it. Went there all the time. You are so insane. It is right. You should see like Trav is buzzing with energy right now. Just buzzing. Well, here's the, like your energy about this ice cream is through the roof. I, I can picture myself there. I can literally almost taste the gelato. Gelatero <laughs> de Neri is fantastic. Amazing. They have an incredible rice gelato, which sounds weird. They let me try all of them because I was so excited. And I went probably, I've probably been there now 10 times. Yes. And we've only been in Florence for maybe seven days total. If that. So, and I probably went more than 10 times, to be honest. So, I love it. Love it. Love it. So, the first time when I was like, this is best ice cream in the world. So, that was going to be on our ice cream tour, which it, or our gelato tour, which it was. But there was one that tied it. This place was called La Carai. It's They have two spots now. So, one is right up the road from Gelateria Santa Trinita on the, on the south side of the bridge. So, if you go to Santa Trinita, you walk up a block, mm-hmm. again, away from Ponte Vecchio Bridge. La Carai is also right there. Incredible. There's also one, and I we found this haphazardly. We were walking around, and I was like, we were going to Santa Croce, the, yeah. the plaza, and I'm like, there's another lock cry. There's a second one. Amazing. Uh, right on Santa Croce. This La Cry and Gelateria de Neri are the two best gelatos. They are yes, tied. They I, are I very tried. Good. I went back and forth between them. I tried them almost at the same time, like literally back to back. I couldn't decide. Both absolutely, absolutely fantastic. So the moral of the story is there's the best gelato in Florence. Florence, amazing gelato. If you're someone who likes to try everything like me, hashtag in the name of research, you could give those other ones a shot. Maybe you have a different opinion, but do not eat at Carabe, Pericheno, or Rivoli instead of Gelateria de Nero. No, you Lacarai. have to go to those two places. Absolutely. And eat there as much as possible. I also have two two pro tips here. One... I mean, this is like, if we go next month, this is going to ruin the whole 30 that I just did. But <laughs> if you are trying to keep it somewhat slim, I did do this. You would get we the employed. small sizes? Every I said, if you want gelato, you can get it, but always get the smallest size. Yeah. And, and it's, it's enough, especially if you go more than once in a day. Right, right. If you know you're going back in three hours, it's enough. At La Carai, I broke that the one time because it was so good. I got I got a double double size, but they usually let you have two ice cream flavor or two gelato flavors, mm-hmm. even in the smallest, which I love. And the second pro tip is one hundred percent: do not waste stomach space on all the gelato places that you're going to see that have the super high piled up stuff that catches your eye. So you'll see them there. They're piled yeah, and way they're high. usually around the touristy spots, most specifically by the the Dumo. They just, yeah, they're, you know, the gelato goes a foot above the, the, the container. container. And they're like neon colors and they got crazy colors. Do not get those. Those are not homemade gelato because you, know, you can tell simply by the amount of gelato they have. They would never be able to sell that much in a day. So when you know, you know it's homemade and, and you know fresh. it's fresh, if it's just regular at the container level or they run out of it or anything like that. A little bit over container level. But right. yeah, I mean, it's crazy when you see those ones that are like inches and inches and inches above, like you feel like they're going to topple and over. And you're like, that looks so good. But no, no. if There's it's crazy better. colors and it's piled high, it's it's fake. <laughs> Do not go and get that. Get the real stuff. Gelateria de Neri, La Carai, both the best. 
Santa Trinita, also good. Il Procopia, also good. I, I, yeah, in the name of research, we have to go back because I did say that I liked Vigo in Ljubljana. In Ljubljana, better than any gelato you've ever had so, anywhere in the world. But could we, it have been four years? Did we realize it was four years ago since we last had this gelato? No. So I know. The Absolutely. only the only thing that we can do is literally go to Florence and then fly to Ljubljana in the same day and try both. But I think that's going to have to happen. <laughs> All right, there we go. There we go. All right, so we've got our we've got our May schedule there for us. It's a gelato bang bang between countries. So we spent so much time on eating that we're finally around to things that you can do yeah. in Florence, which there's, there's a plethora. Plethora. You don't have to do just do self-guided gelato walking <laughs> tours. There's plenty you can do. Uh, the first thing that we want to mention with activities is there is a Firenze card, and that's just Firenze is what, you know, how you the say main, Florence in yeah. Italy, uh, in Italian. Firenze card, it's 72 euros, access to 72 museums for 72 hours, and it starts when you go into the first museum. So is this a good deal? Yes or no? We didn't get it either time because... We, we take a more relaxed approach. Right. But if you're one of those people who, you know, you're like, I want to go to 10 museums and do this and you're very strict with your schedule and you know it's going to be worth it to get it, absolutely get this pass. If you're going to go to like three or four, it would, it would pay for itself. It also then allows you to, I believe, skip like the line at some of them. So if you're there in high in a peak season, which we weren't, but the Uffizi can be very, very quite packed when it's the summer. We got to start with the best. And to me, there's a few, there's two best things to do in Florence outside of eating in gelato. And one is the Academia and the Statue of David, which blew Listen, me away. I knew it would be cool. Travis I didn't like, know it'd I be mean, jaw-dropping. Yeah, it's cool. And even I, had, you know, I'd never seen it in person before. And I was like, yeah, we really have to see this. It's very famous. And I don't get awed by art, really. Um, but I, we walked in the Academy at first, pretty hard to find, yeah, not near the other tourist stuff. It's, it's a little ways away. I mean, certainly walkable, maybe yes. 15 minute walk, but a little hard to find. When we walked in and then turned the corner and saw the statue of David for the first time, I it was like when a cartoon happened and your jaw hits the floor. That's how I felt looking at that. I it's cannot massive. believe someone made that. Yes, it's massive. It's so meticulously carved. Also, at the Academia is a whole... A whole room and a, a whole, whole bunch room. of other statues and things like that where David... or uh, Sorry, Michelangelo never... Like that, he never completed, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. Yeah, so the Academia, you have to go to the Statue of David. I think one of the most impressive things about the Statue of David is that he finished that one, and it's so um, it's done so well. It it looks like no human could have actually done that by hand. And then you see the other ones he's done, which are in different states of being finished or never being finished. And you thought these look just eh, okay like everything pales in comparison to the statue of david if you went to florence and didn't go see that you would be an absolute fool i'm sorry for anyone <laughs> who's done that but i again i don't get inspired by art that much and um you know i my jaw was on the floor it was crazy it was one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen and it's well worth the price of admission whatever the price of admission is to the academia to go and see the statue of david and we stood under it for maybe 10, 15 minutes, just saying, like, how did someone do this? And it, I cannot believe it's this big. So, Statue of David in the Academy. The other 
best thing I think you have to do in Florence is you, the Domo and the yes, Bell Tower. Yes, you have to. You have to climb up them, even though it's a lot of stairs. And if it's hot out, <laughs> good luck. Because we did it when it was pretty nice and cool. And it was still And it was still hot. Still you like sweat, sweat by the, the time you get to the top. Uh, there's no easy way to do it. There's no elevator. Just start hiking up those stairs. And we did both in the same day, actually. We did the bell tower first. And then we were like, okay, let's go hike up the Dumo now. And, you know, it's cool to get both perspectives because from the bell tower, you can see the Dumo and you can get the pictures of the big dome. And it's just, it's one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite building in the world. I mean, we have a huge picture of it hanging in our living room. And I absolutely love it. people always walk in they're like, whoa. Well, actually, people have been there like, is that... Is that the Domo yeah, in Florence? Yeah, People yeah. haven't been there like, what is that? It's, it's iconic. It's so beautiful. The colors, it's like cream and like a blush and black. And I mean, those are like my favorite colors. So the monochromatic, monochromatic, but then it's this gorgeous, stunning building with the all of Florence around it, like the whole cityscape. So you can get great pictures of the Duma from the bell tower and vice versa. Yeah, and we stood outside of them, like just on the ground level yeah. for probably hours over our time yeah. because every time we walk by we'd stop and be like this yeah. is amazing and you just walk by it all the time because it's kind of in the center Florence isn't humongous you know it's not like Rome or Paris It's you walk past the Duma multiple times on a trip there and it's just a sight to behold every time it you see it it is a very that's a good point it is a very walkable at least the, the uh, maybe not the whole city because we did get out of the tourist area and we're walking around we're like whoa this is a bigger city than we thought but the, the main little tourist section is very it's pretty condensed yes. and and packed in there which is great uh for doing everything by foot i would as heather mentioned i would recommend going up both i know yes. i mean it's four i actually counted it and i have in my book here 441 stairs i think to the top of the bell tower which then gives you amazing look at the domo at the cathedral and then e probably equally the same amount of stairs going to the top of the cathedral, the Domo, and looking back at the bell tower. But they give you drastically different pictures, drastically different views, because to see the other one, like to, to be at the top of one and see the other one is, is really cool. So I, I don't know. If you had to pick... Well, what if someone said you had to pick one? I would do the bell tower. You would go up the bell tower yeah. and take a picture of the cathedral, yes. of the Domo. Yeah. The, the bell tower does have a, me, uh, a metal guard around it so like on the corners i think you can like lean out and take them get an unobstructed view guard. with yeah. your camera but anyway it's you just you have to do it and besides you're going to be eating and drinking having all that gelato so I, I do think you can get a discount i forget what it was but if you bought a ticket to go up both together it was cheaper than you know buying one and then coming back next day and buying one separately i think they also might be part of the frenzy card and if they are and you do that and you do the Academia, and then you go to the Ufuzi, which is what we're going to talk about next, you would make your money up then with that card. And the Ufuzi, probably the most famous thing in Florence. I, I don't know. It's What is I it? The know. second most visited museum. museum in Europe behind the Louvre? Am it's I getting that right? Possible. I, I, there I'm was not a stat sure. about I'm it not that, sure. that but surprised it's me. pretty popular. It's pretty famous. And I, I can't think off the top of my head of anything like a super famous work of art that's there, but there are some. I don't know. It's It's been four years since we've been there, but it's just a beautiful museum to go into and like the shape of it kind of wraps around 
um, one of the squares. So just walking through it and then taking a look out the window as you walk just gives you different views of even the city outside the museum. It's a nice, relaxing, fun place to go. And it's and it's a cool building. And we didn't know much about it when we were going in, but you know, we knew we had to go. And I just looked it up, and it is the it is the most visited art gallery in Italy. So one and one of the top ones in Europe. So it, it was cool. It was very, very cool. Something to see. The lines can get crazy, crazy, crazy long if you're there in the summer. So you can buy tickets ahead of time, and I would recommend that. I think you can buy for certain... I could be wrong, but I think you can buy for certain time slots. And that's one of the ways they keep it, you know, if people don't want to have to wait in line forever. So did we do that? I think we had a certain time slot that we had to get... Was that the Fuji that we had to get back to at a certain time and we were allowed in there, so... Yeah, so they have a lot of... Now that I'm looking at this, they have a lot of... um, They have Caravaggio, Titian, Raphael... It's them old school Italians there. Definitely check it out, the Ufuzi, and that's right there, you know, in the Signoria Signoria Plaza, right where we're staying. So you can find that. One of the best things we did was a food walking tour. So obviously, you can do self-guided walking tours. You can go to all the places. You can take the little EPOP destination diary tour of the places that we just told you and Mm -hmm. bop around. But we actually did a walking tour with Walks of Italy and found it fantastic. Yeah, and we did it in Rome, too. And so this tour company is awesome. I would highly recommend it. It's not free. I mean, it's, you know, no, it's, it's a, a little it's expensive. 70 bucks a person, yeah, 50 bucks a person. But it's, they're very well done and they usually include things. Like when we did it in Rome, it included the entrance to the Coliseum. And when we did the walking tour in Italy, it included a lot of eating. Yeah, a decent like, amount of food, a, a lunch at the one market. Yes. Um, wine at an Enoteca. We started the tour at nine and the very first place that we went at 9.30 was an Enoteca, mm-hmm. which is a little... It's like a small wine bar where we're yeah, literally drinking so out of the funny. barrels. Yeah, like ten thirty in the morning, and I nine, have to nine, say, nine thirty. Was it nine thirty? It was nine thirty. Oh. I remember specifically her saying, "Who wants early. to drink at nine yeah. We're like, "Yeah, well, when in Italy." But I definitely prefer this type of a tour because Trav loves doing walking tours and I enjoy them, but having a purpose of like, oh yeah, we're going to eat or we're going to drink and we're stopping at these places and like kind of, instead of just listening to somebody drone on for three hours about the history of a place, which is what a lot of walking tours are, I much prefer kind of doing more activity-based walking tours. And this was probably the best walking tour I've ever been on. Yeah. So we did uh, we did it with Walks of Italy. There is another company, actually, Jason from Zero to Travel. His his buddy, this is kind of serendipitous and coincidental. One of his really good friends owns a walking tour company of Italy and called Eating Italy, which I've never tried, but I've heard it's awesome. So you can go with Walks of Italy. You can go with Eating Italy. Both of those very well known, very well we've viewed on TripAdvisor. Find the one that you want. They do all types of them. They do ones at dinner. They do like mid, not midnight, but like moonlight strolls. They do morning ones. They do it around types of food. They do wine tour. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. But it was cool. And I would recommend doing something like that, especially in a city like this, if you have time. Because a lot of places you're not going to find on your own. Like the Enotecas we went to, you know... I. I, we would have never found the yeah. little gelato place, Il Prosapia. Probably wouldn't have found. There was just a lot of cool stuff, and you learn a lot about the food. So I would recommend a food walking tour Absolutely. for sure. One of the places that you will walk around, like we said, you're always going to see the Domo and all that. Um, but Santa Croce, we've talked about that square quite a bit with Finisterre's there to eat, and Vivoli, the one gelato place, um, is right around there. And La Carai, one of my of favorites, is right there. 
But it's a it's a cool, lively square, maybe a little more lively than the other ones. They have a lot of live music. People sit on the stairs. They have, you know, the people what dressing up. What are they called? Like the street for performers. Yeah, street performers. Dressing up and pretending they're not, that they're meditating and not mm-hmm. having a pole there. You know what I mean? Like all those random people like painted in silver. and. Yeah, it's just kind of a fun place to people watch. And there's a fun thing about Europe that they always have these big squares that we don't really have in the U.S. where people just go and hang out and have coffee or have a glass of wine or just sit and, and talk with friends. And it's a really fun part of the culture that I like to partake in when we're in those places because you can spend all of your time like rushing from one museum or doing this event to the next event but being in Italy it's kind of like well it's you're supposed to just be relax in just yeah. like you know what sit in a square and yeah watch watch the people perform listen to some music watch like the little hood rat kids like skateboard around there is a, at Santa Croce's an awesome church I mean all the squares are usually around these churches there's a church here that you can go in and it's a pretty cool church in there and like we said, well, obviously perf- something significant happened there that we can't remember well, but- we didn't do the history tour <laughs> we spent too much time eating drinking and uh taking food walking tours but it's definitely a, just a beautiful square and then you can head from there to the central market they're pretty close yeah, central market mm-hmm. maybe 10 minute 10 walk that's like up by the train station yeah oh is it that far yeah okay the central market you're thinking of there was like a food market that we went oh, to as well yes. but central yeah. market is a little further right by Trattoria mario okay. 10, 15 minutes, walkable for sure. And it'll get you out of the main touristy area, kind of like it's weird. The train comes in and Central Market's there, but then everyone heads down south to, you know, Ufuzi, mm-hmm. Ufuzi and all those. But Central Market was really cool. Big, lots of great food again. I mean, that's what markets are for. It's like food and buying random knickknacks and things like that. So Central Market's pretty, pretty cool. And then, of course, one of the, the things that, I think Florence is famous for or known for, for sure, is Ponte Vecchio, which is the bridge that you can walk over that takes you to the south side or the north side, depending on which way you're coming, and has all the little, what shops. used to be, yeah, were they houses originally? No, but the no, I shops think they were always shops. Built I'm into not the sure. Bridge. They, yeah, it's just like a pedestrian bridge. I don't think cars can go over it. Maybe like think. I official don't. vehicles or something, but it's just has all these little shops. Now, I don't know that you would want to buy anything particularly on here because it's very touristed. I'm not sure you could find a very And it's all good, it's, it's mostly a lot like of jewelers and gold and Yeah, but it's definitely fun to walk through it and then to walk along the river on either side is very beautiful and then you can take pictures of that bridge from another bridge. There's all these bridges going across the river. Yeah, it's it's neat that there are shops literally built into the bridge and so when you look back at it it looks like it's hanging, you know, like they're kind of hanging off the bridge, like they pop out of the bridge. You've, you've probably seen it. It's it's a neat thing, but yeah, it's almost all jewelry and gold. I'm sure they're wickedly overpriced. There's my New England coming out, babe. Um, I'm sure they're very, very overpriced, But and it's a jam-packed bridge, but you might as well walk back and forth across it. It's just kind of cool to see. So that Ponte Vecchio. And then the last thing to do, we've kind of touched on this when we talk about food, head to Luca and or Siena. Yeah, just take a day trip. There's Get out in the countryside. a lot of cool things that you can see just on a day trip from Florence. Yeah, and if you, if you did want to rent a car for a day and get out into the Tuscan countryside, you could do that. There's a lot to see and do. We went to Luca and Siena, or excuse me, we went to Luca, not Siena, but again, on my mom's recommendation, Siena was even better. Yeah, so, so there you next go. Next time. 
There you go. Um, the last part of our Destination Diary episode is always, always, always our can't miss, skip, and wish we had done. So this we wrap every episode up like this. We don't know each other's answers. Heather just tried to scroll down through my notes and almost saw mine. Oh, um, so, so Heather, sorry. What is if someone is coming to Florence? What is the can't miss? Like you cannot come here and not do this. So obviously, if you go to Florence, you're going to see the Duomo because you have to walk past it. So I'm not going to put that as my can't miss because it's Fair. just inevitable that you will see it. Fair enough. I mean, you'd have to go out of your way in, in order to not see it. So what my can't miss actually is, is Alan to go over now because you have to go and get this sandwich. <laughs> you have to go. You, you really do. You can't miss it. I, I mean, I feel like I wanted to put that on. Or the gelato, gelateri dinner. I thought you would, but let me guess. You probably put David. Well, I just talked about the gelato. That if you're listening to this and you're like, uh, should (laughs) I go get gelato? Like, yes. Come on, man. Yeah, you should go get gelato. I put Statue of David because it was that impressive to me. Again, I just usually I go into museums. Like, "Eh, yeah, museum. I got to see it. And this one, I just thought, whoa. Again, for me, it's kind of like. obviously you can't miss it, but it's kind of inevitable. Even if you have a mild interest in art, like I enjoy art. So I want to be one of the top five most famous pieces of art in the world. So it's kind of inevitable that you would go and see that and you'd see the Duomo. But um, we hit both. We got, we got Alan Tico now, which is a modern treasure. Yes. And we've got the statue of David. An ancient treasure. There you go. What about your thing that you could skip if they so, come to Florence? So honestly, it was really hard to pick something because I love everything in Florence. So what I put as my skip is that mass-produced gelato or just any of the like really lame touristy restaurants that are just right next to the Duomo mostly. I, I just remember walking around the Duomo and like one day being so thirsty and I bought a water of water and it was really expensive and you just kind of your eyes scope the scene and it's like, yeah, all these restaurants are just kind of... That's a good one because it's, it's very hard to pick a skip in, in Florence. Two pieces of advice again. We already told you the one, but let's give them a gelato pro tip again. If it's piled high and full of crazy colors... Avoid it. Avoid yeah. it. There's so many better places to go that I've already listed. S- save your stomach space. If a restaurant has a menu, oh, in like eight languages, in like eight languages, <laughs> could it be okay? Maybe, but it's it's more of a tourist place, so just avoid it. Go to the ones that we recommended. Get some recommendations from your Airbnb host or the guest house host or hostel host or hotel people, whatever. Um, my skip again. This was hard. I just put Ponte Vecchio. You're not going to skip going over the bridge, but if you somehow decided not to go to the south side and you you just you were staying all up in uh, up in the museum area and mm-hmm. you didn't walk the five minutes down. It's it's cool to see f- from a distance. I feel like the view of the bridge is better than actually walking right. over the bridge. So if for some reason you can't go over the bridge, then you know you could skip that. Again, you're probably not going to. It's right there, but you could definitely skip it. All right, Heth. What about your wish we had done? And we've been there twice, and we've tried to pack a lot in. What did you wish we had done? So I wish that we had seen some of the famous gardens because we have never done that both times we've been the, there. The and Baboli? Is that the name Baboli of it? There's and then there's the Bardini. And there's a couple other two. There's like a rose garden that's pretty popular. But those first two, the, the Baboli and the Bardini, are pretty famous, I think. And we've never really ventured to them. And I guess it's because when we're in Florence, we kind of stay in the center and they're a little bit 
further, I think, on the south side. But I think we, especially if you go in the summer, I mean, maybe because the first time we were there in the winter, so it was just like, uh, whatever, what are the gardens going to be that great in February or January even? And then the next time we were there, we were staying in the countryside mostly. So whenever we came into Florence, we were just like hitting up all of our favorite spots. I was like, I'm going to Antico. I'm going to Gelatari Denari. I'm going to La So yes, next time we go, especially if it's in, you know, a spring, summer, fall type of time i would like to check like walk through the gardens yeah when we came in from the tuscan countryside our mission was to eat yes eat and drink and have a good time mm-hmm. because we had done the typical tourist stuff before that so we were like all right let's do that we didn't even go see the statue of david the second time did we that we were in um when we we're in yeah Florence. we only went the first time so that's how adamant i was about researching the best gelato places is that <laughs> it basically took up a whole day my thing that we wish we had done i wish one of us had married into the al antico oh family my gosh. because then we could live there and eat those sandwiches <laughs> every day so maybe now that we have a son yeah kind there's of, a hope for the future hope for the future here marrying in that family but at my real wish we had done I, I mean, that is, I am very much hoping that he becomes part of that family. <laughs> but my real wish we had done is the fact is have gone to Siena. And mm. I remember kind of the first time we went, or excuse me, the second time we went, because the first time we just stayed downtown Florence, the second time we went was thinking, all right, we can go to Luca, we can go to Siena. Like we knew there was some of these towns around. And for whatever reason, we picked Luca over it. And Luca was really cool. Definitely worth going. But hearing my mom and dad talk about Siena, I think this would be... I think it's pretty quintessential Tuscan. Yeah. Like, that's the place people go. So next month, when we inevitably buy tickets and go back there, because we have to, Mm -hmm. and I will fly there literally just for the gelato and the sandwich... We're going to have to hit up Sienna as well and go to that tower restaurant and yeah, take someone I, else's I think advice that in the our family. The best thing we could do for our future is to bring with there early so that he can right. charm everyone That's at right. Alantico and then maybe, you know, in the future. There we go. There we go. Sealed fate. So if you guys are listening, if you've been to Florence, it probably took you a walk down memory lane just like it did for us. If you have it and you probably want to book your ticket there, whether you've been there or haven't, you may see us on a flight to Florence because we will certainly be going there sooner rather than later. I cannot believe there's been three and a half years since we have been to what is definitely one of our favorite cities. Heather said her favorite city in the world. Some of the best food we've ever eaten. Some of the coolest things to do. It is really an absolute jewel of a place in this world. And I know that there's kind of a a little bit of a rivalry between Florence and Rome. You might want to throw Milan in there because that's northern Italy. If I had to pick one between Milan, Venice, Florence, and Rome, I would pick I would pick Florence if I could only go to one. Florence is small and easy and, yeah, magical. So there you have it. That is our Florence Destination Diary. If you guys are interested in Destination Diaries, we do have like 20-some other Destination Diaries you can listen to ranging all the way from India to states like Colorado. We did it on Philadelphia, a bunch of places in Europe. So check that out. You can find that on iTunes, Stitcher. You know, however you listen to this podcast, the other Destination Diary episodes are up there. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. We've really been appreciating the fact that you guys have been interacting with us so much on Twitter. Let us know. I'm going to give you a prompt here. Let us know if you've been to Florence, where your favorite places to eat are, what you like, because we're going to be heading back there. And if you haven't been to Florence... Let us know your favorite gelato you've ever had in the world. And we'll throw that on the list and we'll try to get there. Um, or, 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 challenge accepted. Likewise, or 
your favorite sandwich. You could give us your favorite sandwich and your favorite gelato. I do love a good sandwich. <laughs> we do love a good sandwich. So check that out, guys. Also, don't forget Tortuga Backpacks. If you go there, use the promo code EPOP, 10% off your entire order. And we have just released in the last couple of months our Jetto app. It sends you notifications for cheap flight deals from U.S. and Canadian airports. You go and you select which airports you want to see deals out of, and it sends you notifications. You can get it on the App Store. You can get it on Google Play. It's totally free to download and get on there. There's a platinum version. If you want to see all the deals, you can upgrade to the platinum version. It's like a couple bucks a month. might be worth it if you're like a traveler who dreams of going to a lot of places. Um, but check it out. You can get the free version. Go download it. Leave us a review. That really helps. That's J-E-T-T-O. That's our Jetto app. And of course, thank you for the continued support as always for all the reviews and ratings and everything on iTunes and however you guys are listening. If you want to leave a review there too, that always helps. Um, We really, really appreciate it. And that's what makes us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. So until next time. Happy free travels. Oh, well.